The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. He's fighting for a cause. Oh, it's all politics. And that stuff gets all up in your head and starts twisting it around. Power, that's what it's all about. Guys in the suits have got it, the rad rats want it. It's the folks in the middle like us who always get hurt. Welcome everyone. It is Thursday, May 17th, 2018. I'm Bob Metz. And I'm Mary Lou Ambrosio. And this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing. It's Just Right. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. Well, here we are at the beginning of Ontario's general election, and already feeling able to say, I told you so. (laughs) Right, Mary Lou? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Although that's no comfort to anyone, I I can guarantee you that. But we're going to blow off a little bit of steam over this most pitiful of elections I have ever witnessed. I think superficial and shallow would be virtues in this election. The nuttiness has just gone off the scale, but we'll be talking about that right after we remind you that you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org. Subscribe to Just Right on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave. And visit us at www.justrightmedia.org, where you can access all of Just Right's social media links and, of course, all of our archived broadcasts. Well, Mary Lou, I think we've got a lot to blow off. Absolutely. In terms of steam today. <laughs> I think I think anybody who has witnessed elections over and over and over yeah. again, we always say, oh, this is the one. This is the one that where people are really mad. But you know, this does feel different. I've, I've had more people acknowledge to me that perhaps the PCs aren't who they thought they were. Yeah, well, that's, that's a given. I hope um, so. But that's been the case for a long time, too, hasn't it? But, well, not as much. I, I, I have to say, I, I find more people are, are really disappointed than I've ever seen before. And what brings you to that conclusion? Personal anecdotes? Absolutely, yeah. What are you hearing out there? Because you've got a lot of connections that I do not have mm-hmm. in terms of conservative yeah. people. But I'm not in that same field of moving leftward along right. with all the other PCs. And I, it's, it seems to me it's going to take forever for the general populace to realize what left and right mean, why the government is the way it is, why you, so many people feel they have to pick between the lesser of a given number of evils, yeah. which is true when you put yeah. yourself in that box. Absolutely. But the box is not necessarily there. So where would you like to start Well, today? I, I have to say, well, first of all, I can't really speak to the, the general populace. I, I don't know what they're thinking. I think that, you know, that Joe Sixpack guy, he's just mad at Wynn. And mm-hmm. he probably doesn't care about this inside baseball stuff. I can, but I can speak to the question of the supporters. I mean, the people who actually volunteer for the party, donate money for the party. And a lot of them have kind of had it. I, you know, and we've had our own little scandal here locally in mm-hmm. London. Not on, not days after uh, local London broadcaster Andrew Lawton on AM 980 radio left that station, we had him here right sitting at this That's table right. talking about conservatism and ideas. And of course, he had already made up his mind to run for the PCs at that time. And since then, we've had a regular scandal here in oh. London, Ontario, all over Andrew Lawton. Uh, you want to tell a story, or? <laughs> well, 
Andrew must have had an idea that this would come because obviously you you know Andrew's been involved. He was a blogger. He yeah, was yeah, yeah. actually he was involved in our Ann Coulter event. Right. Very heavily involved with that. So Andrew has a past in political activism. So inevitably that's going to come up. He's also been in addition to being on the sort of activist side of things or advocate, he's also been in the media mm-hmm. and well, I don't think he wants headlines like this. This is from the May 8th headline, front page of the yeah. paper. Ford's London West pick admits to slur. Right. And then on May 9th, the next day, how did Ford vet, quote-unquote, reckless Lawton? Yes. And they're picking on... They're oh, just- they really are. And listen, I'm, I'm upset with Andrew, and I'll explain why. Um, yep. I love Andrew, but I, I will explain why I'm a little bit mm-hmm. upset with, with him. But having said that, I mean, the media is going nuts here. And of course they will. They're going to make hay out of this. Well, I'm sure Andrew was warned before he got into this. That he would have known. Andrew's yeah, a he smart guy. Known. He, he would have known they were all going. But just to give folks an idea of what's going on here in the paper, London Free Press, Jonathan Scher reports that two days after Ontario's PC leader, Doug Ford, removed a candidate for homophobic remarks she made in 2014. His critics are demanding on social media to know why he handpicked a London candidate who they say has said far worse. And that's Andrew Lawton they're talking about, right? Yep. And they said that Ford selected him to be his candidate in London West without a nomination vote in the riding, in which other contenders had already thrown in their hats. And I know that was something that uh, it was an issue. But looking at some of these comments that they accuse Andrew of, I think some of them are kind of funny, and one of them was about <laughs> Ann Coulter, which, by the way, you were involved That's with. That's right. With the... Um, uh, IFPS, International Free Press Society, yeah. We, bringing bringing right. Ann Coulter, and, and yeah. she came on this show, in yeah, fact. she did. And, uh, of course, we're aware of her comments. But, you know, accused of mocking the deaf on his show, he tweeted, I don't think anyone impacted heard the statement. Now, that's <laughs> that's really more funny than mocking the deaf. Of course it is. And, and of course... But the left don't have a sense of humor, no, Bob. You know totally that. nothing. And mm. and this one here, a screen grab of a Lawton tweet from October of 2011. Remember, that's when Obama yes. was president, okay? Yeah. Quote, an immigrant, a Muslim, and a <laughs> communist walk into a bar. The bartender says, hello, Mr. President. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fair comment. Of course it is. And it was being made by all kinds of people. But this is the kind of stuff that is being held against him, and nobody's defending him That's for, what for doing me. this. And I'm going, this is easy stuff to defend against. Absolutely. Instead, he's being thrown to, to the wolves, even by his own party. Nobody's coming out to say, no, this is ridiculous. We're not right. pushing back, right? So here's the problem. Because the party isn't, or let's say the leader, because mm-hmm. that's what a leader's supposed to do, isn't definitively defending Andrew. They Andrew then came out with this mea culpa and yeah. blamed it on mental illness. Now, Bob, I'm not the only one who then had to say when I saw that, are you suggesting that because I hold similar opinions that you do, perfectly rational ones, I, I, I disapprove of the sex ed curriculum, and if pe- more people knew how bad it was, they would too. Mm-hmm. What was the, oh, Islamification, the, these, these issues. I hold what I consider to be perfectly rational positions on those issues. But now... People can say, well, Andrew Lawton said he said those things because he's mentally ill, so perhaps you are too. That's the unforgivable part with a lot of the people I've spoken to. And I know for a fact, for example, if, if that this situation came up in Freedom Party, there's no way that Andrew would be put in a position where he'd have to 
No, say unless something he like actually did say something that we would consider inappropriate. Right. But this kind of commentary doesn't no. fall into that category. No. And, and the constant accusations of, you know, the usual phobias, right. racism, Islamophobia, sexism, you name it. I, I can't keep track of it all. It's all yeah. part of the left-wing agenda to, to shut everybody mm-hmm. up, right? Correct. And the PCs are going along with it, right? Yes. That's, what's, and that's what hurts people, I think. I think a lot of people feel betrayed, especially, remember, Ford won because of a lot of the social conservative support from Tanya Granick Allen, who mm-hmm. was the first candidate yep. that was removed. After they made her fight for her nomination in Mississauga Center, a difficult riding, um, then they dumped her. Yep. So a lot of those social conservatives were already mad. And then to add insult to injury, after she fought for that nomination and won it, they didn't defend her. Well, they dumped consi- her. consider the double whammy when after that... Lawton gets nominated, right. or, I mean, gets appointed, appointed yeah. directly by the same leader right. for having apparently said the same kinds of things. Right. And, and to one of my friends who was very upset about this, because the only reason he, he was so um, enthusiastically supporting the PCs was because uh, of Tanya Granick Allen. I told him, I said, well, this is the problem. When you don't have a consistent philosophy, that's perfectly fine to be, do that's one right. thing here and one thing there. There is no philosophy with the, with the PCs, so they can bounce well, around all over the place. That's a big issue, and it's a big failing of the party. But it's interesting that in this May 9th article by Jonathan Scher, quote, while Ford was less than candid about the role he and his party played in selecting Lawton, he defended the former broadcaster through his spokesperson. Yeah. Andrew Lawton was a professional radio host. He made comments and has since come out and said some of his comments were not appropriate. The leader was clear, saying, I think Andrew's a good candidate who is a professional who has hosted Kathleen Wynne at least 10 times as well as the Prime Minister. He hosted the Premier not long ago on his show, Lansman said by email. Now, of course, that gives Andrew a credibility that Tanya did not have in the sense of being on the air and having been shall we say, vetted by the public for a few years. But he got into trouble even there. He did. Yeah. We all had to come to his defense in 2015 yeah. when they came after and, and him why and almost always, had him fired. Why is it always us coming to the defense of these people <laughs> and not their own supporters? I've mm. seen this over and over again. And I hate to say this, but one of the things I've seen as a common trait among PCs is they, they eat their own. They're totally uh, the cannibalistic party. Yeah. Well, and it shows a real uh, insecurity about who you are and what you believe. Uh, And I don't blame them, though, because, again, I remember when I ran for a Freedom Party the first time, Mm -hmm. I didn't know every single policy we had. I didn't have a lot of time to prepare. I kind of jumped into it quickly. But I had no trouble knocking on doors and answering questions because I could, when people asked me a question that was a little bit obscure, that we might not have specific policy on, I could divine what our policy would be based on the principles. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not the case with the PCs. And it changes every day, as we know. That's the other issue. Flip-flops all over the place. Well, it occurred to me the other day, and I had an epiphany. I remember yeah. I was sitting at the supper table with my family, mm-hmm. and they all looked at me, and they said, what's wrong? And I said, I'm having an epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> that's and on you, January 6th yes, every year, yes, by the way. Yes, I know. <laughs> um, but what it was about, because we were talking about the election, and it suddenly struck me. Part of the problem that the PCs have had with their inner fighting all the time is because of two things, and they're both really the same thing. And one is they don't have a platform. 
around which to unite. Right. That's and right. So, so they're all over the place. Second, they don't have a philosophy around which to unite. Right. So if you even don't have those two in, things. That's right. After booting Patrick, I yeah. was saying that, an understanding that most people did not like the people's guarantee, that Marxist document. That's right. Fine. But if you're a united party that does have a philosophy, you can generally agree what you're going into the next election with. But you're absolutely right. We'll have to talk about the issues and some of the more specifics when we come back after this. Andrew Lawton was the candidate, or is the candidate, I should say. Andrew Lawton was appointed as the candidate for London West by Doug Ford. Andrew Lawton used to be a radio host at a station uh, down the road from us. He was let go, though. He was like, oh, oddly, there has to be more to this. Although there were layoffs across the board from global and um, chorus. And so I don't think it had anything to do. His last guest was actually Doug Ford. He then gets laid off and then he becomes appointed by Doug Ford. I don't know why London West did not have some sort of nomination meeting and vote on, do they just delay it? The, I, I have no idea. And for anyone who is, you know, following media in London, Lawton has made some outrageous statements in the past. You know, so much so that AM980, the other station, suspended him for making some statements. It's like, yeah, this is not in line with our corporate values. Okay, whatever. All right. Everyone knew that Lawton's past statements were going to come back. Everyone knew in a, an election campaign that they were going to, the Liberals, the NDP, maybe the Green Party, were going to recycle what Lawton had said himself. As much as we try to scrub our social media clean, pretty well documented what he said. You can't, you know, go back and erase the newspaper story. You know, you can erase a bad tweet, but not the newspaper story about what you said. So Lawton makes a statement. And says on social media, I've shared this with media, but need to say it publicly as well. I am not on his email list, I guess. I didn't get the memo. Here's what he said. Uh, Throughout my career, I've been very open about my struggles with mental illness. While most of that discussion has centered on my 2010 suicide attempt, in actuality, it was a battle that spanned from 2005 to 2013. Well, that period of my life had a great many successes I was also the architect of many failings. Simply put, I was reckless in almost all areas of my life, financially, socially, sexually, and vocationally. There's significant chunks of this period that I do not remember. Well, that used to distress me. I've come to see it as a positive. Not remembering damaging details has helped me move on with my life to be the person I am today, not who I was back then. In politics, however... It's not so easy to separate these two. I was active on social media throughout much of this time, posting things that are so far removed from who I am and what I stand for that I can't even fathom my frame of mind in writing them. Sonny, how are you? I'm good. How's Thomas? I am well. Does he get your trust and uh, does he get your compassion and trust? Just think about it, sir. He's asking for your compassion and your trust. It is so despicable what he's trying to put the rule over your eyes. 
This is, I would say, complete incompetence, not only by the Conservative Party, but by Doug Ford, because he nominated this guy, and the person, Granite Allen, he let her go, in my opinion, for less than what this guy has said. And this guy worked for the rebel. Now, you know Ezra Levant and your favorite guy from Ottawa that you often, so often bring on to the station. Formerly of the rebel, they, Brian Lilly. Yes, they have agendas. And they... Who doesn't? I love this text. Sonny doesn't effing live in London West, has never met Andrew Lawton, and we know you, Sonny, is voting for any way so... So we know who Sonny is voting for anyway, so what is his opinion worth? Tom, yes, I can give Lawton the benefit of the doubt. I've changed my views on homosexuality from what they were just a few years ago. He'll be getting my vote. Tom, I'm in London West, lifelong conservative, but not voting for him. Your lines are busy. Well, I, I mean, you can call back. Kathleen Wynn, Dalton McGinty, and Deb Matthews have destroyed this province for 15 years, says a texter, smiling through their teeth at us and virtue signaling the whole way through. Does anyone believe they or their public or media supporters are going to fool us with this hubbub stories? I'm voting Freedom Party anyway, but Andrew Lawton is a level-headed person, amazing journalist, and people should judge him on the platform. Next texter says, hey, Tom, the Lawton situation plays into a larger issue about Doug Ford's credibility. For Patrick Brown and Mike Harrison Kitchener, Doug Ford relied on the party's vetting process to say why they couldn't run. For Andrew Lawton, he wouldn't discuss the vetting process. This is what happens when you have a leader who relies on instinct to make decisions rather than principles and coherent thinking to dealing with issues. Ran across an interesting comment in some of your email commentaries, Mary Lou, and you, you mentioned that you remembered what John O'Sullivan's first law is, quote, any institution that is not explicitly right-wing will become left over time. Mm. And you suggested that not one Andrew Lawton MPP or even Doug Ford as a leader will be able to change what was never explicitly right in the first place. That's right. That, that was well expressed. Unfortunately, what, what's uh, seductive to a lot of the people who want to believe in the PCs They'll tell them things like, uh, just wait, just wait until we get, we've got to get in first. We've got to get elected first before we oh, can do those I've things. Oh, heard that and so it's such, often. Yes, and it's such a lie. And they never get to that point. No, they don't. And, 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 and even when they're there. They're, it's because of the fact that they believe in that, right? Right. And the fact is, I'm sorry, as I've tried to explain to people, if you're going to continue to vote for them when they screw up like this over and over and over again and betray you, what, what's their incentive to change, Bob? Well, they have none. Right. And, you know, I had this passed on to us by Paul McKeever, leader of Freedom Party. And he said, uh, hi, for, all, for those of your friends who might be under the mistaken impression that Doug Ford is offering some kind of common sense revolution 2.0, here's a cold shower. Now, I thought that this thing was a joke, <laughs> a parody of Doug Ford. Yeah. Because it's an ad. Yes. And it looks like a sort of a billboard ad. Mm -hmm. And it was sent out in the tweet, and it says, Help is on the way for Ontario families, and it has Ford looking at some happy voters. Yeah. And it and above it, it says, We'll cover up to 75% of your family's child care expenses, it. or $6,750 per child, up to age 15. Eligible programs include licensed care, independent care, babysitters, nannies, after-school programs. I'm sitting there Wait going, a minute, are you sure that's not an NDP ad? I... Yeah, it is an NDP ad, but it's Doug Ford is pushing it oh. <laughs> <laughs> as a PC policy. And I looked at that, and I'm thinking, oh. 
holy cow, how can anybody for a minute think that this guy's going to change yeah. anything in terms of the policies or directions of this province? I don't see it, not with that kind of thinking. No, no, I don't understand that either. But sadly, people apply a lot of situational ethics where it's, well, those are our only choices. And the problem with that, of course, is you eventually get to the point where your choices are Pol Pot, Hitler, and uh, yeah. Genghis Khan. That's right. That's, the, that's the whole thing about moving in the leftward direction right. if, you ha- if you don't start from a stable position in the first place. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then when you've got all these competing factions within a party, the only place they can pull is leftward because it's not in anybody's interest, not in anybody's specific interest to move rightward. It's one of the things that Milton Friedman used to point out a lot. He says the problem with freedom is that it's in everybody's interest and in no one's specific interest. Right. And that is why it doesn't resonate with the interest groups who get involved in politics. The everybody in whose interest it would be, they just sit back and they don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And of course, they don't have an option on at the polls, at least that they, that they know about. Right. Freedom Party is that option. Right. But they don't know about it in most ridings and... and and we've done everything we can. We're there. We're online. We're, we do advertising. But because they think that we can't win. That's right. Right? It comes back to that hammerhead theory that the voters thinks. well, I like what your party says. I think that, you know, and we, how many people have told us they agree with everything. And yet they vote for somebody like Doug Ford or Kathleen Wynne right. or, or Andrea Horwath, who are all on the same page on almost every, every issue. I can't think of one. Is there one that they're different on anywhere? It's gone silent. (laughs) (laughs) I can't think of one. I I don't know. And I've been listening very carefully to the people who are telling us that we should still support Doug Ford and the PCs. Despite that, they acknowledge it. And I think their only answer is it'll be worse with the others. Personally, Bob, I feel it's worse in the betrayal you, that's absolutely correct, and it won't be worse with the others I, necessarily. You know, I mean, if, 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 if socialists do that to me, I'm not surprised. That's what Look, socialists if, do. if a socialist pushes the nuclear button, the bomb's going to go off the same as if a PC pushes a nuclear button. Right. Okay, it doesn't make any difference. When, when Ford was first elected as party leader, or was he appointed? <laughs> <laughs> he started ripping off a lot of Freedom Party platforms, yeah. just coming out and... and, and talking about them. He's free market and, guy, and, yeah. free speech, yeah. And he's ripped off about six or uh, six or one half dozen of another freedom parties, and he reversed immediately. You know, mm-hmm. he started off CO2 climate change tax. You know, he did not say that he wouldn't have his own energy act to replace the one he wants to get rid of. Right. He wants to get rid of the... Um, carbon tax. Carbon tax, mm-hmm. right. But of course, the federal government is imposing that on any province that right. does not have its own carbon tax. Correct. Now, Freedom Party's response to that was, okay, if you want to do that and we have to live with it, we will reduce equally the amount off of your gas prices at the tank so that everybody yeah. works out even. Yeah. Right? And and that would negate the effect of the carbon tax. Right. Ford is not offering that second part of it. You know, he says he has so far refused to say that he will not fight climate change. Right. Any political In fact, party. he said we, he did the typical thing where mm-hmm. they acknowledge that it's real. Yeah. Just because they fear the media so much, instead of just standing up and saying no. And it's an easy issue to, to refute on, on evidence, but of course not against the popular opinion. And that's what he's mostly dealing with right now. Right. But if you continue to pay lip service to fighting climate change, then everything else, all these other evil, evil policies are yeah. inevitable. 
He talked about let's get rid of Wynn's sex ed program, but what he wants to do is reintroduce the same sex ed program just at a little later period. Yeah, you might be a woman see, trapped in a man's body kind I'm of sex sorry, ed. Bob, uh, uh, Ezra Levant actually mm-hmm. covers a lot of this sex ed curriculum mm-hmm. over the years. He's pointed out that the, the architect of that curriculum, the deputy minister, Ben Levin, was right. a convicted pedophile. And then Ezra has also shown clips of teachers, activist teachers, talking about why it's important to, why there's teach kids there are six genders or seven genders, whatever it is. And I mean, Bob, any rational person, this is not a religious issue. No. Any rational person would say, why are you talking to babies about this? Just stop it, you pervert. Okay, <laughs> you know, and that's what I would say as a leader. And, and I might lose an election, but God damn it, I'd go down fighting. You know, also in the whole issue of, of education, he talked about, I love this term, discovery math he wants oh. to get rid of, right? Now, that, that was lifted from a Freedom Party platform because we're the only party that has ever talked about, yeah. quote-unquote, experiential learning, yeah. which we identified way back in the days of whole language. It's not just math. Math is only the latest discipline to, to succumb to and this idea of group learning. probably the last learning. one. That's right, yeah. Cause right. It, and you can't learn maths. You have to be instructed to learn yeah. certain things. They're, they're just not things you can learn through group efforts and group. Uh, I just can't believe how far we have fallen into the pit of ignorance. Oh, absolutely. University funding. He says he's going to promise it to university on the condition of free speech, but said nothing about defending the people there now and, yeah. and who's there now and who's going to protect the right, really, mm-hmm. from all yeah, the protests that's... against the left that, that get very violent. Yeah. And we saw him say, yeah, he believes in a free market and pot, and then the next day, no, no longer. He's totally into the government monopoly on that. Mm-hmm. In terms of ripping off contracts, yeah, for solar all... yeah. and yeah. for wind, uh, which is co- totally possible. And totally legal. That's right. Freedom Party. We were the first. We were the first. And then now, what does he say? Well, we'll look at them and see what we can do, and we might amend some of them. Well, that's that's no no solution to what we're doing. And basically, it appears now in this short period of time that he's adopting the Patrick Brown platform. Yes. Pretty well implementing the whole thing the way Patrick Brown had it in. Right. I'm concerned too that when PCs talk about fiscal responsibility, they're really talking about managing the economy. Oh, yes. And running the economy, and which is no different from any of the philosophies of the other parties. Governments were not constituted to run economies. They were constituted to institute freedom, to allow to have a yeah. free market that runs the economy. The free market is just another term for the people. Yeah. You should run away screaming any time you hear the government talking about investing. Oh. What are you doing investing? Get lost. Well, first of all, in order to invest, you have to have your own money. Yeah, and they don't. <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous. And you also maybe would want to invest without an agenda in mind, some sort of social engineering agenda. But of course, everything they do is about engineering people's behavior. Mm-hmm. This is sick. And, of course, there are those issues that came up over the past years that we've almost forgotten about but that were devastating to the economy, to say nothing of increasing the minimum wages to unaffordable levels for Mm -hmm. a lot of people. The introduction of the College of Trades, which I have called the College of Trade Barriers. Mm -hmm. And so you're back to crony politics and favoritism and contracts and business. That's what that's all about. You know, people have to go to the government for permission to work in certain fields. And that's what we're reduced to. It's almost getting like the Soviet Union or some of these truly communist countries where they totally control their economies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I have to wonder, 
what it is that the people who are still hopeful, uh, conservative supporters, I mean, who think, well, the PCs are still a better option than the other two parties that are explicitly left, how? That's a good question. Why don't we look at that when we return? Okay. Joe, you're in London West. How are you? How are you doing, Tom? I'm well, I'm well. All right, your First, thoughts on this. My thoughts are, listen, I've dealt with uh, Andrew Lawton on the radio, and he is one of those, he is a type that if you don't agree with him, he will shut the phone in your face. He Click. will he will cut you off and and call you names over the over the air. Can't have that. I was willing. He is Islamophobic, homophobic, womanphobic, misogynistic. Every phobia, every phobia there is. Arachnophobia. I, I was I was an astonished conservative, ready to vote uh, to vote conservative, but the lack, but his lack of of uh, compassion towards these people and. The idiotic decision that Doug Ford made caused me now and my family, we are about 10 votes to go blank rather than vote for him. So you are London West, former, I mean, you described yourself staunch. One of those great words. You're a staunch conservative. You won't vote for the guy. No, to blame that his actions for 10 years on this condition and to continue from 2013. I've spoken to him over the air from 2013 to now. He is a man that considers Ariel Sharon, Benjamin Netanyahu as heroes. Again, I was willing to 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 look away from that, but the way he brought, the way he came up now and the idiot decision of Doug Ford again, his idiotic decision will make me uh, just put a uh, a blank uh, ballot in there. All right, okay, hold on a second. Are you going to vote or just abstain from voting? No, no, I'm going to vote. Spoil your, vote. Are you going to spoil your ballot, or are you going to go? Yeah. I just spoil the ballot. Okay, all right, all right. Not even a no. minor, not even like, uh, not Green Party, not none of the above, not Freedom Party, not Christian Heritage, none the of that. Green par- the Green Party is going to fall, fall right into, the, right into the, uh, the, the, the path of the Green Energy Act that the liberals have inducted. The uh, Freedom Party, you know, they, no one knows what they stand for. The NDP, the NDP, they want to bring everybody, they want to make the, the province as a socialist. The liberals and the NDP are both in the, both, both were in the same plan. As you, you never know. All you right. never know what's going on at the problem. All right. Thank you, sir. Joe's in London West. Todd, that caller's full of BS. Ask Andrew. Great guy. Never cut people off. Just get to the frickin' truth. All right. Again, I'm not a listener. I've never interacted with him beyond an exchange of an email. I have no idea. Make no mistake, social conservative Tanya Granick Ellen was Doug Ford's kingmaker if Tanya hadn't thrown her hat in the PC leadership ring. Oh sure, Ford was ever so grateful for Tanya's support then. But clearly, politics PC style is a matter of, what have you done for me lately, baby? Case in point, the Liberals, aided and abetted by their useful idiots in the media party, dredged up comments made several years ago by Tanya. She has or had a problem with gay marriage, so that makes her a homophobe. She has or had a problem with the dehumanizing haberdashery that is the burqa, so that makes her an Islamophobe. 
However, Ford realizing that Tanya is a smart and savvy candidate and someone who slaughtered her competition at her nomination meeting last month and someone he owes his political career to, well, Doug had Tanya's back. Oh, he had her back all right, except Tanya was on a plank and Ford was wielding a broadsword. But if we're now in some perverse game of dredging up comments made from many moons ago that no longer passes the PCPC sniff test, who else is about to walk that progressive plank? Well, as I predicted on the very day he was appointed, the next candidate to be ejected may very well be ex-Rebel Media contributor Andrew Lawton. The sharks are already circling, Andrew, and they smell blood. Lawton has been labeled everything from a homophobe to a misogynist for comments he made years ago as a radio host. Now, Andrew Lawton is a good man, and he was a superb radio broadcaster, but instead of stating that the comments he made from yesteryear, a less politically correct time perhaps, he is now saying that those comments were made when he was suffering from mental illness. Now, I know Andrew Lawton has suffered from mental illness, and I would never want to make light of that. But moving forward, will the media party and the liberal elites now equate anyone espousing conservative viewpoints as being, well, you know, mentally ill? You're listening to Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. It is thanks to our financial supporters that it is possible for us to continue on our journey in the right direction and to share our programming with you. Check out patreon.com slash justrightmedia or visit www.justrightmedia.org to offer your financial support. And while you're there, be sure to sample our archive broadcasts featuring an array of timeless discussions of all things just right about freedom and capitalism. Now, Mary Lou, you were talking, or asking rather, what is on people's minds? What are the voters thinking going into this election? And I collected a little array of a few commentaries here that might give us some idea. And you can see how so many people are lost, frustrated. Grasping at straws. Grasping at straws. Here's one by uh, GWH, okay? I'll just leave it at that. These are all from our local paper, from the London Free Press. And the headline reads, Remember at Ballot Box. And this writer says, Remember Horwath put a stipulation that her party support came with a price tag of 15% reduction in insurance rates? Remember the latest article in Ontario consumers overspending to the tune of $5 billion on an auto insurance during the past five years? There's an election next month. Will voters remember? Mm. Remember what? Who should we go to? Another party? Because they all support it. The problem with insurance, and only Freedom Party has ever addressed it, and we addressed it before it came a, became it a problem. It's the no fault. No fault. Yeah, Bingo. absolutely. And as soon as you have no fault and you're off the tort system, nobody's responsible, everybody's responsible. It's so always collective pays. responsibility, right? Mm. Which is ironically also the principle that works on an insurance, but there it's controlled because people have the voluntary choice of joining one insurance company, company or another, and if they become irresponsible in the way they operate then people don't choose them anymore, right? So you have the market control. Again, the people control. Here's one written by Harvey E., who, uh, under the heading, Minimize the Damage. And he points out how a Main Street research poll showed that an overwhelming number of millennials would vote the liberals back into power. And notes that having lived through all three parties in government, I would say that none of the three is perfect. 
However, the Progressive Conservative Party has a better record of at least doing the least damage. Mm. Isn't that nice? Yeah, Does that, that situational it's also, ethics thing? It's mean? also not true. Uh, that's true. Least damage? What are you measuring that against? Because the damage we're seeing is a progression of things that happened before. And the PCs are at the start of all the worst policies from having monopolized Ontario Hydro, from having given us Ontario health care without allowing us to have private options or personal, you know. Uh, there's nothing I can say about the PCs that I know. And, say and that I they're think any better or worse in terms of their history. Yes, and I think and that comes from the, the progressive side. Yeah, you guys yeah. have told me a lot about that. I didn't realize it. That I, I kind of became aware yeah. of the party during the Harris years, which if you look at it in that um, short segment, I, mm-hmm. I'd have to agree with that guy. But it's because I know what more, I can't agree. That's right. Now, here's another one by Mary Lou, another Mary Lou, oh. Mary Lou P.S. <laughs> in London, under one sane choice. And she writes, I am left in a quandary as to which is the lesser of two evils and for whom to vote. And have come to a conclusion Only once in my life have I voted for the New Democratic Party, and that was because a dearly loved uncle was running in my Elgin County riding. This time I shall vote NDP because it is the only sane direction to take in light of the options offered. Ontario, why not join me? Well, So she's gone from the lesser of two evils to the greater evil. Yeah. Right? Without even realizing it, because what is she voting on? She's voting on personality. Mm -hmm. Hasn't got a clue about the policies, doesn't realize they're all the same, and that the evil that she sees is those policies, and nobody's changing them. Hello? Now, here are a couple more commentaries from columnists. This is Jim Merriam talking about when and for leave Ontario's outlook bleak. But at the same time, he says there's a clear symbol of the divide between the two, two traditional there, leading parties. I'm going, what? what What divide? And he says the symbol is Ontario Hydro Chief Executive Mayo Schmidt, right, nicknamed the $6 million man by PC leader Doug Ford. Ford has promised to fire Schmidt and the entire board if he wins the election. That won't be easy since the province doesn't have any control yeah. on it. Small detail, right? Yeah. And then he says Ford's message is he'll be all over the financial excesses that have been a hallmark of this government. Wynne made it clear, as have others in her cabinet, that they're going to smear Ford as Donald Trump light, mm-hmm. which I thought was an interesting strategy because among Donald Trump supporters, that would be a plus, right? But, but of course, she knows most people in the province and are left. Yeah. So that would be an, uh, um, a plus for her if we look at it that way. And then here, here it comes. I carry no brief for Doug Ford. In fact, he worries me. But Ontario cannot afford to re-elect Kathleen Wynne. One poll last week showed the NDP might actually finish second and the Liberals third, so low it would not retain official party status. Now, this was written April 24th. That's already changed dramatically. Right. Then he says, the Trillium and Green parties have no chance of getting elected or of electing enough MPPs to form a government. (laughs) You know, but the problem is with those two parties, why would you want them? They're still the same as Mm -hmm. all the rest of the parties. And then he concludes, it's a bleak outlook but one to which we have no alternatives. There you go. Hello. A couple more. Just Mohammed Adam, of, uh, again, from the Free Press, May 9th. He says, party platforms are important because they define vision and direction. The liberal budget, essentially a campaign document, laid out Kathleen Wynne's program. Ford's trump card is the voters' anger and frustration with the liberals. 
And he says this may be an election about how people feel about themselves, about the Liberal Party, and not really about issues themselves, right? Aren't they all, though? Yeah, that, that was my point. Yeah. And everybody acts yeah. as though it's the first time they've observed yeah. this, right? That's right. Ford is treading a similar path in Ontario. He promises to offer big tax cuts, reduce government spending, cut hydro rates, fire Hydro One CEO, and do his own version of draining the swamp with talk of a probe of Ontario's finances. Critics decry the lack of specifics in his announcements, but it doesn't matter to his supporters. He's tapping into their anger and frustration, and they feel good about it. So far, Ford has been wise not to engage Wynn in the battle of visions and platforms. Well, how can he? They have the same vision and the same platform. It, only the difference in their visions is that she should be running the province, and his vision is he should be running the province. Yeah, pretty much that's it. Anything else that you would add to some of those commentaries and expectations of the voter? Besides your own frustration? <laughs> oh. Very frustrated. I don't know. It's interesting they... they I know Kathleen Wynne would like to compare Ford to Trump for the reasons you stated. Mm-hmm. And I know there are some people, actually, uh, conservatives, who did think he was, a, see him as sort of a Trump-like figure, that he was populist, he wasn't an ideologue. It was more his bombastic style yeah. and, his, and the way he spoke and, and off the cuff, which, of course, is a little bit like Trump. You it can't, is. You can't yeah. not see that. Yep, but I, I don't think, Ford is that guy. I I think this goes back to what I missed in Trump, because as you know, I was not a big Trump fan during the nomination. I liked my Ted Cruz because he made sense. He was right about liberty, about all those important things. But he didn't have the sound bites. He didn't have the connection to people. Now, initially, I thought Trump's um, positioning was all about anger as this uh, last, uh, was that a letter writer or a columnist? No, that was a columnist, Mohammed Adam. He talks about tapping into people's anger. Yes. That's what I thought, too, about Trump. I only saw the grievance-mongering side of it. Having said that, what I didn't realize... That's not a bad thing in and of itself. No, it's not. That's that's okay. But what I didn't realize is that the people whose anger he was acknowledging are also very hopeful people. Mm-hmm. They're people who believe in response, uh, personal responsibility. All they were asking for from Trump was stop giving advantages to everybody else at my expense. And I would suggest that that's what a lot of us mm-hmm. conservatives also feel. Right. That's all we want. But I don't think Ford's the guy to do that. The, the, the marijuana issue is a perfect mm-hmm. one. That The flip-flop he did, he's ready to hand it all Kathleen Wynne had to do was mock him, uh, embarrass him, shame him about wanting to sell marijuana next to candy bars. <laughs> and suddenly the LCBO is the best place to distribute marijuana. What? What happened to the free market guy? Yeah. What happened to the guy who didn't want... I mean, we want to reduce the size of government. We don't need more government employees. But he's handing the marijuana thing over to the LCBO. Yeah, everything's about the government running everything. everything. And that's that's where all the politicians' minds are at. They don't believe, the, the idea of governing is not even on their radar. I found this letter by Stephen O and on April 25th kind of interesting. It was a little offbeat compared to the others. How to win an election. Hmm. And he wrote that he was shocked to learn that 64% of immigrants and roughly the same percentage of 18 to 25-year-olds are not registered to vote. 
despite it being at the provincial level where policies are made that most affect their everyday lives, education, health care, transportation, and mm-hmm. the rest. So he says, this is his suggestion, all you need to do to win an election is run educational, infographic-style ads that briefly explain how our system of government works, why voting is important, and how your vote is used to influence the outcome of your everyday life. Then you don't even need to say much about your party, just put your logo at the end. That's actually not so bad an idea in terms of the demographic he's trying to address, you know, in the sense of people who don't vote. They don't know why right. they should vote, why, what's, what's at stake. But again, we're dealing with education, health care, transportation, issues that government has jurisdiction over but that shouldn't be running. Government is, is about governing force, as, as Isabel Patterson said. She said, force is what is governed when we're talking about governments. And so government is an instrument of force, therefore must be an instrument of justice, both economically and, and personally and legally and, and criminally, you know, in every field. Right. But governments aren't governing. That's the problem. Tom, Kathleen Wynne said at Humber College that if you don't vote, old white people will. How racist is that? I actually didn't think her comment was that racist. Here's why. Old white people do vote disproportionately. Kathleen Wynne represents the old white person vote, right? If you look at the stats in terms of who votes, older people vote and white people vote. Racialized individuals have lower voting rates, not all I actually thought what she said was kind of a wake-up call. You can't change the system unless you don't vote, unless you vote. You cannot change and be politically active unless you vote. And here's who votes. Old people like me. White people like me. Actually, when you look at the stats, that's it. That is who votes. We have stats on this. (laughs) That's who votes. That's not racist. That's factual. That's who votes. How? When did you become a conservative? But I mean, you've been a lifelong liberal, a human rights lawyer. That's true. Well, uh, I don't think being a human rights lawyer is antithetical to being a conservative. Do you? Uh, well, are we talking about the Human Rights Commission or Tribunal or? No, no. Just being. I think being. Uh, you know, having principles stand for human rights okay. is not antithetical to conservative principles. Oh, in a real court, but not in a kangaroo court. That's no, for not sure. In in any place, I think <laughs> standing up for human rights, I think, is not in opposition to being a conservative. What would be your opinion of the Human Rights Commission and Human Rights Tribunal? Right now, I don't have one. Yeah, she's a human rights lawyer, but has no real opinion on human rights commissions and human rights tribunals. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your hand-picked PC candidate for Toronto Centre. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is yet another stellar example of one of the reasons why the PCs might just blow this election come June 7th. For the Rebel Dot Media, I'm David the Menzoid Menzies. Yeah, you, you speak of government force, and that reminds me of that great C.S. Lewis quote Of all tyrannies, the tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. It would be better to live under robber barons than under omnipotent moral busybodies. Those who torment us for our own good will torment us without end, for they do so with the approval of their own conscience. And strangely enough, I think with the approval of the tormented. It's it's an interesting thing because I have participated in many elections, and of course I 
I see how the problem looks from a different perspective. And I'll give you an example. The kind of things that politicians are being asked when they go on the campaign trail mm. are not the kinds of things that people think are the issues that we're talking about here. Right. They hardly ever come up. This is just a sample of one of dozens, if not hundreds, of requests we get from various people, okay? And this is from the arthritis consumer experts. And they write, Dear Mr. Paul McKeever, who's the leader of Freedom Party of Ontario, and I can guarantee you every other leader in the province has this same letter, right. okay? The arthritis community is a significant constituency in your province. Arthritis has devastating and debilitating effects on the lives of more than 2 million Ontario residents. I happen to know about this personally because we have it in our family, mm -hmm. and, and I've had a lot of friends. But arthritis is a leading cause of disability and work disability in Ontario. About a quarter of, of the Ontario residents living with arthritis between 20 to 54 were not in the labour force because of it. Arthritis Consumer Experts is asking Ontario's political leaders to share their plan on how to meet the needs of Ontario residents and improve arthritis prevention, etc., etc. And you get right. this from every single interest group, any disease, any possible economic activity. And can you imagine all the parties having to create a policy on what they're going to do to prevent arthritis? Why would you ask a politician about a medical condition? Yeah. But you know what they didn't ask? And we know it's implied. How much money are you going to give us? Right. That's all it's about. Mm -hmm. And that's how everybody is. How much money are you going to give us? How much money are you going to give us? <laughs> how much money are you going to give us? Right? So that's actually something that uh, voters may or may not be aware of. Certainly not at the micro level. They're not aware right. of how much, how it's... The people who wrote this letter are obviously doing good in terms of trying to beat arthritis oh. and do research, but, but they're part of the problem. Absolutely. When they write to governments to, to, to ask them things like this, what they should be doing is insisting, hey, could you guys just get out of the way, please, exactly. and let us do our job and let us, let us actually treat people? Yeah. It, it, it's a completely backward way of doing things, and I think we're so accustomed to it that we don't know what freedom looks like anymore, even after a few generations after the last war to which we still commemorate veterans who went to fight for freedom. Yeah, where is that freedom now? Mm -hmm. Saw this too. Jerry Agar. No place for free thought in today's political climate. Really? You think so? <laughs> Again, this comes back to the, ten the, the Doug Ford became leader of the PCs, he says, in part due to the support of Tanya uh, Granick-Allen, right? Correct. And that this latest action by Ford demonstrates what's wrong with party politics in Canada. And he says, I'm here to, to plead for a nation brave enough to demand independent thinking in politics. And here's where a guy like him, and he's the morning host on News Talk 1010 radio station, doesn't understand the nature of a political party. A party is not meant to have a whole bunch of free thinkers within it who all go off in their, same in their own direction, because that's exactly what we've got now. That's why you're dealing with the PCs the way you are, because they're doing that. They're all independently thinking and not thinking with the reason that they all united around a common cause. So he says political parties seem to be nothing more than a bunch of pre-selected androids playing follow the leader, right? And I have to say, to a large degree, that's true. Yeah. And, and must be so. Can't be otherwise. Every political party forms itself around an ideology or a belief, supposedly. And this mm -hmm. is where the PCs and the other parties have their problem because they haven't done that. Right. And so they're you know, herding cats. Wouldn't you say the NDP is maybe the only one that have? Yeah. yeah, and they're yeah. the most united, and even they have a lot of problems because mm -hmm. they have to deal with the liberals and other people competing with their own support base. Right. 
Uh, and, you know, he says Ford supported Granick Allen until he didn't. And he goes, I know liberal MPPs in Ontario who tell me privately they disagree with some of Kathleen Wynne's major policies and laws, but dare not speak up in public. And nor should they if they are supporters of that party. That's something you deal with internally, right. and that's how you deal with it. Both previous PC leader Patrick Brown and now Ford have shown that they want good little soldiers in their government as well. Well, of course they do. Otherwise, if everybody's going off in their own direction, how can anything function? So he asks, does politics in Canada have no room for more than the opinion of a small group of provincial and federal leaders, other than what the leaders dictate? And then he goes, political parties tend to promote themselves as a big tent. They say proudly that all views are welcome, but it isn't true. It isn't true of any of them. And that is true. End, end of story. Right. And that's well, how well, well, what shouldn't, I think he's confusing a couple of things there. Yeah. I mean, you can certainly have individuals, but as you said, they need to be, if they are part of a party, they need to be united under a similar philosophy. Right. And you don't take, your, you don't take your family squabbles right. to, to the street. But defending an individual candidate's personality and who they are and something mm -hmm. they might have said is a totally different matter. As long as that candidate isn't going flagrantly against the things your party believes in. I think that, to me, that oh, would no, be the most, that would be yeah. the offense. Free, look, the Freedom Party allows a lot of sure. uh, free thought within the party right. and express your own points of view because we have a set of principles against which we can measure those views. That's right. It might not be in our current platform, right. but, as, but as Paul McKeever often says, look, at, as long as you're not violating anyone's life, liberty, and property Simple. with something that you are proposing, right. then we are likely not going to be objecting to it. And here's the problem. Life, liberty, property. Yeah. Those are the three things that are consistently and routinely violated by all of the <laughs> other parties because they can't do any of their policies without doing that. Precisely. You want to rob Peter to pay Paul, you've got to rob Peter. And to rob Peter, you have to violate his right to his property. Mm -hmm. You have to violate his right to his life. Because right. if he doesn't want to give you his property, then you're going to end up taking his life if he resists. And we're not talking about paying, le about paying legitimate taxes. That's a different issue. Everyone has that. And, that and, the, and the only legitimate and I think just tax, I'm sorry to say people hate it, is the consumption, quote unquote, no, tax. No, people right? shouldn't hate that. That makes perfect sense. No, but they hate it. Yeah. See, because it's so much easier through income tax, property taxes, to transfer wealth from one group, yes, group of people right. to another. Yeah. You can't do that as easily. You can't do it at all because yeah. there's no person being targeted other than everyone. Everyone pays their equal share. Yeah, right? you've reminded me of when um, I was running for Freedom Party back in 2011 mm -hmm. or whenever it was. And the last question, or the last speaker at one of the town halls we did was an NDP guy who made comments about the Freedom Party candidate, which was me, of course, right. saying, oh, these people with the not paying taxes, he says, uh, I guess you forget that we all drove here on roads that were built on tax dollars. Oh, and I'm, there I am. I'm so frustrated because, I mean, this is the end of the, the, the meeting. And I didn't get a chance to say, I have no problem paying taxes for roads. <laughs> you picked one of the things that I agree with. That's right. I'm talking about all the other stuff. And that's the frustration. They, they like to um, conflate uh, an aversion to overtaxation with taxes for Oh, it, we would totally it, agree it, with. It's the kind of argument, you know, I saw recently 
on our on Just Right's Facebook page over our show last week where we're talking about freedom of speech and all the people that we had interviewed up at the university. Which was great. And what and what do we get? We get somebody complaining. He says, oh, so you believe in child porn. Oh, my goodness. I'm going, what? Where's that coming from? That wasn't even brought up once. But as soon as you say you're in favor of freedom of speech yeah. and somebody's not, then they bring up some things that don't even fall in the, under the jurisdiction of freedom of speech. Wh- whoever said freedom of speech included child porn? No such thing. No, but but that's the problem, though, too, Bob, is that the our conservative leaders have been convinced that we're vulnerable to that. Instead of standing up to it and saying, don't be yeah. absurd, what does that have to do with anything? They cower, as Ford did. With with Andrew and Tanya Granick Allen, that's right. Uh, they, they, they don't they want they don't want to show their their own courage and, and discipline and leadership. There is none there, and it's ironic that most leaders are really followers. They're not leaders. They're they're following whoever they think can they're get them elected. Cheerleaders <laughs> at the best, and even yeah. then, that's why they find themselves contradicting themselves all the time. Yeah, because as they go to one group of people who want X. They say, yeah, we'll give you this, we'll give you that. And then they go to another group of people who want Y. Yeah. And Y is the opposite of X. They'll, they have no qualms about telling each side that they're going to get what they want through that party. Absolutely. And one thing you can guarantee to a potential conservative uh, candidate, leader, whatever, one thing you can count on mm-hmm. is that if you are inconsistent, if you screw up, right. the media will be only too happy to tell that story over and over and over and over again, as we see with poor Andrew Lawton. Yes, and I have to say, and I've talked about it before on this show, this is the most corrupt electoral process in an election in Ontario I've ever seen, ever since Bill 2, since the government started. Um, you know, voters now have to pay, not voters, all taxpayers have to pay for each vote, which has never happened before. And anyone looking for a platform really has only one choice in this election, and only if they have a Freedom Party candidate in their riding, I think, and that's the Freedom Party of Ontario. All the other parties are all about which personality mm-hmm. will lead the socialist philosophy onward in the left direction best, and I think Doug Ford wants that job. But to speak to his other issues that he's trying to defend himself against, and that's the Lawton issue and the Tanya issue, the issue there is not democracy. People think that he's betraying democracy, but that's not it. That's not it. That's, there is no democracy within political parties. Each party can run however they want. Mm-hmm. But what happens to be is honest about it. be honest about yeah. it. So don't tell your own members that we're going to do it this way and then do it another way. That's a breach of contract. Right. It's, not a, it's not a breach of democracy. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I think that, well, and I, I think that was the issue, is that he sh- he would have known coming into being elected the leader at that late stage instead of saying being honest with uh with members and yeah. saying you know what gosh th- we got a tight timeline here now that all this has happened it may not be the case that we can afford to run full nomination meetings for the ridings that are still without candidates and ask people's patience, right? Mm -hmm. But he didn't do that. He lied and he went on and on and on about democracy, grassroots, grassroots, grassroots. Each of the parties, including Ford, and this is very distressing, is trying to outspend the other. That's what's distressing for the taxpayer. And they're all talking fiscal responsibility and people think that they just listen to the rhetoric and they think that it's going to happen. So Mary Lou, I can't believe how the time has flown by. Uh, was there anything I have you way wanted? more to complain about. Oh, no. No. Do you <laughs> want to complain about some more? <laughs> no. I'll stop now. 
So, well, the ride is still far from over for Ontario's Election 18, although the story may have already been told and we know the ending in terms of our province's future. (laughs) But for us, the ride is never over as we invite you to join us once again next week when we'll continue our journey in the right direction. And until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, and be right back here. We'll see you then. Fade into colour Colour into black and white Under the bedclothes Everything will be alright The system isn't perfect, but it's important to participate. Even if you get it wrong, just go to the polls and do what you think is right. Things were so much simpler where I come from. There's only one big giant office and whoever outruns the fireball wins. (laughs) 